Hey everybody, this is Flavia Romeo, and this is episode 12 of the Towncast. And on this episode, we go down on Rock Road, we go to a brand new place that just opened up, Trasso Jiu-Jitsu, right on Rock Road in Glen Rock. And we had an opportunity to talk to Michael Trasso, uh, and he shares his journey from uh, growing up in Lynnhurst to competing nationally, and then finally opening up his own spot. And if you guys want to see the video portion of this, uh, we did the video podcast. It's available on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can come on www.thetowncast.com and you'll be able to see it or just go to our YouTube channel. And if you don't subscribe, make sure you subscribe. That way you get the alerts. It's The Towncast uh, on YouTube, not The Town Cast, because then you end up with watching the uh, the cast of the movie The Town. So... <laughs> So, unless you want to do that, that's up to you. But look for us on YouTube, the Towncast, and uh, and make sure you subscribe. All right, enjoy the episode, everybody. Here we are. We're right on Rock Road, and we're at a brand new building. I, I love, I love the fact that, you know, these 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 buildings that were vacant during the pandemic are now starting to fill up. Yeah, it was are. great to see. You know, everything was everything was covered over. It's like coming soon. Trasso's Jiu-Jitsu. I'm like, yes, another place is filling up. So I'm here with Michael Trasso. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, yeah. thanks really for having me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so what? Tell me about your. Where did you grow up? First of all. Yeah, so I grew up in uh, in Lynnhurst, New Jersey, uh, my my entire life. So always always in the Bergen County area. Nice. So um, yeah, I was always down there training down there. Um, I have family move up into the northern Bergen County area, um, so I started becoming more familiar with this area. Uh, the older or later part of my life, more recently, um, and then that's why I want to open up the school up here. I, I, I like this area better. Nice. Yeah. So what? So what age? We're going to talk about the differences because we we had. Uh, we had Gary Stevens on a while ago talking about Taekwondo, so we're going to talk about the differences in the uh, in those these type of martial arts. But mm-hmm. how, when did you start getting involved in? Was it always jujitsu? Yeah. So at uh, five and a half, around five and a half, I started. Five and a half years old. Yeah, yeah really? very, very young. Uh, I started. Uh, was that your idea? Or is that your parents like, hey, you got to do something? No. It, it, so it's funny you said that. Um, it was a it was a mixture of uh, my parents wanted to get me involved in in some kind of sport, right? Um, but my kindergarten teacher uh, recommended I get into some kind of activity or some kind of sport because really? I was extremely shy uh, as a kid where there's actually some like footage of me like even covering my face like in public. I was just a very shy kid. So what? a mixture of that, uh, my teacher recommending it, um, and then my dad would play some martial art movies once in a while like Bruce Lee, and he kind of saw I liked watching it. So he's like, you know what, we'll, we'll try martial art. And we actually tried like Taekwondo, a couple other ones, um, and it just... I think it was just a mixture of not clicking, uh, and also when we finally wound up going to a jiu-jitsu school in Lynnhurst, New Jersey, um, Rising Sun specifically, uh, the instructor made a good point where he's like, hey, look, I mean, even from a police academy perspective, like statistically, 90-plus uh, percent of fights end up on the ground, right? If it's not like a one-shot knockout, right. as you wound up seeing even on social media today or, or YouTube, it's usually not like a one-shot knockout. No one really stands in boxes 12 rounds, right? When it gets like a street fight. It's not what you see in the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So usually you're, you're, you want to hit the ground anyway, right? Yeah. So it's always uh, – his pitch was like, hey, listen, you might as well learn a martial art that 
teaches you how to efficiently control and defend yourself from the ground because it's probably going to end up there if you end up in a real life situation. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. We had uh, we had Steve Fika. I don't know if you guys if you guys heard that episode. We had Steve Fika who grew up in jujitsu, and it was the same thing. It was like you know, the, the, when you're fighting, you're going to end up you're going to end up on the ground. So once you're on the ground, what do you do? Exactly. And he was trying to explain the differences. So so that's real. The difference is between a taekwondo or jiu-jitsu or judo or mm. karate uh how, how would you describe the differences yeah so from like a taekwondo or kickboxing uh more stand-up martial arts it's going to be more of the, the striking punching kicking knees elbows i'm actually not sure if taekwondo does elbows and knees but like muay thai does for example right very heavily with knee shots uh elbow strikes and that's very heavily based around you know you knocking your opponent out standing up and standing down up. and walking away uh, exactly right exactly <laughs> um but when you hit the ground, right, then you have to rely on the jiu-jitsu, catch wrestling, sambo, uh, to keep gra- him grappling, to keep him down, control him, and get him in some kind of chokehold, leg lock, arm lock, etc. right? Um, now, going into like the nitty-gritty, right, stuff like judo, judo does throws, right? Judo is more throw-based, um, getting your opponent to the ground with a throw. And then uh, I think in professional or like Olympic judo, you have X amount of time, maybe 20, 30 seconds, to try and submit them, uh, and then they start you back up on your feet. So judo does cover the submission aspect a little bit, but to answer your question, the main differences between, you know, Taekwondo, uh, kickboxing, Muay Thai is like, yeah. that's more stand-up. What we do here is um, get the fight to the ground, right, with a, an efficient takedown, and then control your opponent, dominant position, submission. Yeah, because was, he was saying that, that a lot of police officers, a lot of people in law enforcement are taking more jujitsu because... You know, they want to be able to do that safely and, and keep keep them down. Once they're down, yeah. keep them down until, you know, backup comes or until they're able to, to handcuff them or, you know, lock them away. Yeah, and that's that's a whole other subject, the, the whole, uh, i say the police force aspect because we've had a couple uh, police officers. We actually have some training here right now, nice. but I've talked to a few as well. Um, and, you know, their whole thing is like, hey, like, if someone's trying to punch me, even kill me, um, I can't punch them. I can't strike them, right? It's, it's. I don't want to say it, gets, it kind of sounds funny saying against the law for a right, police right, officer, right. but it's just frowned upon, right? Yeah. And they can get in trouble, so they actually have to rely on, um, you know, jujitsu or some kind of non-striking uh, way to control their opponent, even if it's just help until backup comes, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and jujitsu is perfect for that. Yeah, and so, so I listen. I, I you know, and you and you hit a good point because a lot of times kids will I, I did jiu-jitsu when I was 10 I did it for a year oh okay so I learned how to count to 10 in Japanese <laughs> I remember sitting there with our legs crossed going ichi ni san chi go roko shishi hashiku ju that was it that's all I know that's all I remember uh, but you know a lot of times kids will go and they'll try something and they just don't like it so it's not it's not so much that they don't like martial arts they may not have found the right one like mm. you said you know you tried taekwondo you tried some of the other ones and this is what you found that was more for you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I encourage you, you know, you guys, whether you have kids, grandkids, uh, you know, take them to a class. Let them take a class. Let them see if that's something that they're into. If they're not, take them to another one and see what fits their, their style, their person, you know, because it's different for everybody. Yeah, and also goals are different for everyone, right? I mean, I've had parents ask me uh, as, a, as a coach, as an instructor, you know, what do you expect out of my kid, right? And it's, hey, do you, are you a competition school only? Um, you know, what kind of school are you? And I tell people from, you know, some, some people sign their kids up just to build confidence, break their shyness, um, lose weight, meet new friends, just have fun, new sport. Uh, some people join to be pro competitors. Hey, I want to be a national champ. I want to be a world champ. I want to be a pro really? competitor. So 
it's just like all spectrums. If you want to lose weight, have fun, build confidence, all the way up to, hey, I want to compete, right? Like we, I will support you either way. But I'm just making that point because some parents just want their kids to join just for an activity. Have fun, yeah. build confidence. Others have higher goals. So Well, and you said it, you know, building confidence. You were, you were a, a, shy, a shy boy growing up. And, yeah. and, I, and, and how did you feel? Like, I don't know, you may not remember at five and a half, but do you remember the feeling you had when you first started training? Yeah, no, well, I actually remember the day, like, very vividly you do. Of, of, of joining. I really do. Uh, I remember, it was, it's funny, it's like a storefront like this in Lyndhurst, and um, I remember walking up my father, and um, the guys were actually cleaning the windows, the instructors, they were, like, wiping them down. Yeah. And then we walked in and started talking. That, that much memory. Wow. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember it, exactly. Uh, and obviously, well, you're a lot so, closer to five and a half than I am, so. That's exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I mean, I, I did feel, I think, shy or reserved, but uh, I think a big thing for people, no matter what your age is, um, is the environment and also how you make someone feel, right? Like, if I was a little, even if I was a little nervous, which I honestly can't remember if I was nervous, I think I was more just even. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it was a great great environment, lots of sunlight coming in, it was bright, didn't seem like weird or dark or dreary, and uh, the instructors were, were very nice and charismatic, and it just, it was very easy, right? Sometimes you go to some places and they're almost standoffish, they don't talk to you much, and you kind of feel like an outsider. Um, so it depends also how the environment is when you walk in, right? Yeah, is this yeah. guy inviting? Is the instructor cool? Does he seem like some kind of pompous guy who's turned off by you? Or are the people inviting students will walk up to you, hey, my name is Mike, who are you, right? It just really depends on the environment too. Yeah, yeah. So you felt, you felt good. Once you started taking the classes, how long, how, long, how long did you stay there in that particular place? So, oh man, um, I was there, I would say, I think I was there for about four Four and a half years or so, four okay. or five years, and then 10, 11. Yeah, yeah, actually, probably around there, because then one of the coaches wound up um, starting his own place, right? Okay. Um, it was, I think, he wanted to break away from the other partner. Um, left on good terms, right? I think they just had different goals, right? And he left, started his own place. And I wound up following him because uh, he was he was my jujitsu instructor, right? The other one was more focused on a little bit more stand up. Right. Um, both great guys, though. And uh, I wound up going with him, and he started his own school. And I was with him for another four, four and a half years uh, before I made that transition to like more of the Brazilian jiu-jitsu side. Because he was more um, of a freestyle jiu-jitsu, which actually was derived from like a Japanese-style jiu-jitsu. Okay. Both gi, both no gi, but it was more around, I'd say, that uh, integration between sambo, jiu-jitsu, um, catch wrestling, even some kind of hapkido. Hapkido is more like small joint manipulations, but it was kind of stuff like that. And what's the difference between that and Brazilian? Uh, are you saying freestyle jiu-jitsu in Brazilian? Yeah. It was, you know, like the Brazilian jiu-jitsu came from like the Gracie heritage, like when they started it. Um, Japanese jiu-jitsu is more from like the Japanese roots. And really there isn't a big difference in regards to the same positions, right? Side control, full mount, mount, north-south. Um, it was just two different kind of families that started it. Okay. But it was like the 95% the same, right? It's just really different submissions, different methodologies. So, so here you are, 11 years old. You go off with your with your your teacher, and now you go off to a new studio. How long were you there? Um, so I was there probably about four, four and a half years, because at 13, um, that's when I made the transition to uh, more of the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu side under uh, Mike Markulik um, in Montclair, New Jersey. So as I was actually out in I was out in Vegas competing, and oh, you were competing at, at a young age. Yeah, my my competing? first my first competition was nine, 1999. So I was nine. Wow. Um, yeah. Now, how did that? Do you remember how did that come about? Was that was that your idea? Did you like, I got to try to do it, or did your coach say, "Hey, listen, here's an opportunity"? You know what? To be totally honest, I don't remember. 
Um, but I remember, wanting, I remember wanting to do it. So if it was either my father being like, hey, you know, it's probably one of them because, you know, nine years old, like I'm not using the internet, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's probably like them being like, hey, there's a tournament. Oh, that's right. At nine years old, you have internet. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Hey, I was still around when floppy disks were, were, you know, were a thing. Oh, and you remember? If you were okay. on the internet, you couldn't use the house phone. So I was, I was still around. All right, at but those you don't times. remember cassette tapes. Uh, I mean, I remember them, but it wasn't like a prime time <laughs> usage, you know. Um, but yeah, so my, my dad or instructor must have bought it up, right? And then um, and we did it. I actually forgot the name of the event, but it was 1999. So. Nice. Um, but yes, so I did that. How did you How did you feel competing? I felt good. I mean, from an early age, I was, I was lucky enough to kind of catch on uh, quickly to the sport and have a lot of success at a young age, um, where I was, you know, even from 1999, 2000, 2001, 2003. Um, I was winning a lot of these tournaments, and I think that's where my dad saw, like, oh, cool, like, you know, he's catching on, he has a, you know, he's and definitely you like, you like it. You talented in the area, he enjoys it, um, so yeah, it well, was... You weren't so shy anymore. I wasn't so shy anymore, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And where did you compete, like, what parts of the country? Um, oh, man, uh, I'm trying to think, my, we traveled everywhere, Chicago, Vegas, California, Florida, uh, most... Most areas in New England, Mass, uh, whatever, uh, Michigan we went to as well. I mean, we went, we went a lot of places nice. as a kid. As a kid and teenager, we kind of bounced around all over. But it was in Vegas, which I think was nationals out in Vegas, where uh, the president at the time of one of the, I'd say, larger local North America uh, grappling associations called Grappler's Quest, um, or actually, geez, no, I think it was, yeah, I think it was Grappler's Quest, uh, Brian wound up introducing me to Mike Markulik, and it was funny because we're 3,000 miles away or 2,100 miles away uh, in Vegas, and he's like, "Hey, this is Mike Markulik from you know Mon- from Montclair, from Montclair, New Jersey. <laughs> you live in Lynnhurst, and you know he's kind of went through his roots, right? He's you know initial roots are from the Gracie family. Got his uh, he was a brown belt all the time at this school, and you know really solid guy, really good instructor, really good technique, very well known in the area. And you guys want to make that transition to BJJ." So this could be a good shot for you. And we got connected there, and ever since then, it was a wrap. Once we got back, we started training together. Yeah. Nice. Yep. And, and so how long did you compete? How many years did you compete for? Um, I actually forgot off the top of my head, but I remember talking about this one time. I was like, oh, my God, this is, this is a long time. <laughs> so my first competition was 1999, so nine years old. And my last competition was 2021 in May. Last year? It was last year. It was, it was the uh, yeah the Pan American Championship. So wow. Um, unfortunately, I can't do math that quick, but I think it's probably what over twenty years competing. Probably. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Wow. And, and how old are you now? I'm thirty one now. And there was one year that I missed competing because um, there, there was a stage where, when I got older, I was trying to save some money and I got like a like a big boy real 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 person big boy job. Um, <laughs> and there was one year that I didn't uh, compete. So technically, it might be 20, because let's see, 99, 2009, 2019 would be 20 years. Missed one year, 21. So yeah, 21 years. Wow. And yeah. they, had, they still had it during the pandemic, competitions? Um, so, comp- yeah, so uh, it was, oh, geez, I think May, or I'm sorry, no, November 2020, I competed as well. Um, so yeah, they, they took off. So from March until about September, October was a big break where they didn't have any competitions, yeah. really. And then fall 2020, they started opening it back up again. So what, what inspired you to, to, to say, hey, you know what, I've done this. Where, now, you lived always in New Jersey? Um, so I was in New Jersey until 2008 when I graduated high school, and then I got recruited to wrestle in college uh, up in Providence, Rhode Island. Wow. So then I lived in Providence. I was in, I was in school from 2008 to 2000. There's a wrestling college? I'm sorry? There's a wrestling college? Uh, Rhode Island College. You could, yeah, wrestling, wrestling in college. Yep. Oh, okay. So I wrestled in college um, from 2008 to 2000. 
12, and then I had a fifth year for education. I graduated in 2013, and then I got a job in the IT staffing industry. Um, and I did that from about, because at that point I said, you know what, like I have a choice now. I, I'm graduating. I can either try and, you know, remain full-time and, and fight professionally, but it was just a mixture of like, hey, like if I had to go back home, I have to, you know, live with my parents or I got to make money somehow, right? right so right, I'm like, right. I got to get a full-time <laughs> job and try and train on the side. So I kind of took like a, I'd take a two-year uh, or a year and a half kind of break where I competed like once and I just focused more on like save money, make money. You know, so I got that job in the IT staffing industry in 2013. Um, did that until, I mean, I'm actually still with it part time. But then in 2016, I got a uh, an offer to move out to San Diego to help one of our top sales guys start the West Coast practice. Wow. And at that time, I looked at it as like, hey, you know what? I took some time off. I stocked some money away. I still want to open a school down the road. Um, but let me use this as a time to move to like the jujitsu hub of the world. So San Diego, uh, you don't know, it's like, yeah, it's like the jujitsu hub of the world, right? Not even like the country, like people from Brazil, all over the world will like move to California and San Diego. Diego. Yeah. San Diego has, I mean, out of the top three or four schools in the world, two or three are in San Diego. Not a bad place to, uh, not a bad place to study. <laughs> Definitely not a bad place to study. So I looked at it as like, you know what? Let me jump out to San Diego, wow. start the West or help, uh, my buddy Anthony build the West coast practice. Uh, and then I'll jump right back into, you know, competing professionally, but really is kind of competing professionally at a semi-professional level because, uh, I had a day job, right? I wasn't really a full-time competitor. Yeah, yeah. So, and how long were you out in San Diego? I was out in San Diego almost four years to the dot. Um, yeah, I moved out there. I think it was like August 3rd, 2016. And I moved back to Jersey, July, like end of July, uh, July 29th or 30th or something like that. So here you are, you move back to Jersey and now it's like, okay, now I'm ready to, to open a school. Yeah, so um, I had plans on I had plans on starting a school, and uh, of course, COVID. Well, you had plans for a while. Man. Oh yeah, I mean, si- well, since I was a kid, I was like, I want to one day own my own really? school. That's, so that's cool. why this is like so awesome. Yeah, opening this. yeah, that's awesome. Um, but you know, it, it was interesting because I'm in San Diego. I had you know I already talked my business part about moving back eventually, starting a school, um, and then at the same time, you know, COVID hit right, mm-hmm. and that's when I was like, oh no, oh my god, like what's going to happen, right? And you have all the, like, the bad feelings of, like, is everything ever going to be the same again? Yeah, and yeah. I want to open a school. And, like, will my well, dream ever come true? This is so contact. I mean, it's not like you're, you know, it's not like you're playing tennis across the uh, across the net. I mean, this is pure contact. Yeah, exactly. So during that time when I'm in San Diego and that kind of happened, um, I love teaching. And, you know, having the wrestling pedigree and the wrestling background, having the jiu-jitsu background, um, I wanted to, like, start something from a marketing perspective so I can teach and show people my techniques and also market myself, so it's like a ramp up of marketing before I open my school. Yeah. So I started uh, an online series called The Merge, and it's kind of merging both arts, right? Wrestling, jiu-jitsu. And the big, I guess, takeaway from it is teaching jiu-jitsu guys, one part of it, right? Or the main part, at least, is teaching jiu-jitsu guys wrestling because... Why that? Why, why, why that merge between the two? Yeah, so in jiu-jitsu, right, um, a, lot, a lot of times people will just elect to play guard, right? Which is kind of like sitting on their back or their butt um, and having their opponent kind of come to them, right? They don't really force the takedown aspect. And as time went on, uh, these federations and especially like ADCC, right? Which is one of the largest or most popular prestigious events right now. Um, you know, they basically force you to, to, to work takedowns, right? It's like if you sit if you sit to your butt or your back or you, or you pull guard now, you're going to get penalized, right? It's always been like that, yeah. but it's just become more popular, this event, and it's been growing as time has gone on and the sport's become more mainstream, 
where now wrestling is uh, incentivized, right? And even even other events are forcing that now where it's like, hey, you have to wrestle. So now these jiu-jitsu guys who never wrestled before need to learn it, right? right, right. And it's, it's funny because some of these guys are just so dangerous and so high level on the ground. But then you're just like total beginners from their feet, right? And I'm not saying that in a bad way. It, it's yeah, just yeah. the truth they, of the matter. They didn't learn that. Yeah, they didn't learn it, right? So now, you know, it's it's almost like these wrestlers are um, – are, are the, the access is limited. Where like these schools are like hungry to, to bring a wrestler in and teach them takedowns because they need to learn them, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. hey, where am I going to learn takedowns now? Um, so that's why I was like, you know what? I'm going to make this series. I'm going to break down great. techniques. I'm going to teach jiu-jitsu guys how to wrestle. And in between, I do some jiu-jitsu techniques as well. But I show my own techniques – I'll break down footage um, from Flow Grappling, which is basically like the ESPN sports uh, for, uh, for our sport. Yeah. So like a highlight will come out from Worlds or Pans and uh, one of the athletes, and I'll show the highlight, show what he did, how he did it. So I kind of make it like small, digestible pieces for people to understand. Yeah, and so you guys understand it. This, it, it when he's talking about wrestling, he's not talking about, you know, The Rock or, you know, the other kind of... <laughs> Although I like The Rock when I was younger. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah there's no stunners about, in here. Yeah. yeah, he's talking about like the real wrestling and stuff you see in the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, exactly. So now when it comes to in here, right, we have the jiu-jitsu side, which is no-gi, which is like you wear the, the rash guard and the shorts, and, you know, it's, it's basically submission wrestling. And then you have gi, which you're wearing like the, the kimono, right, the, the, the pants, the kimono top, the belt. Um, and with the gi, you're able to use your opponent's grips against you. So I can grab your collar, your sleeves, your pants, your belt. I can grab anything, right? So right, it's a little right. bit more frustrating because you're limiting your opponent's movement because you're having all these grips now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the wrestling for jiu-jitsu class, a wrestling class, is really, um, it's just takedowns, right? It's takedown offense, takedown defense, learning about being in a proper stance, closing the distance uh, efficiently, setting up your takedowns. It's all about just taking your opponent down to the ground and stopping him from getting you down to the ground so then you can kind of merge it, right, and integrate right, it into right. your jiu-jitsu game. So I guess if you're a wrestler, you know, one of my, one of my, uh, one of my friends... Uh, Ken Del Vecchio's son, Mario's, you know, young kid. I mean, he's just an unbelievable season in wrestling. So if you're a wrestler, I could see this where this would help also. Jiu-Jitsu would help as a wrestler. You know, so not yeah. only, you know, it, it helps the Jiu-Jitsu guys. It, 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 like you said, it merges. It merges the two. Yeah, exactly. And they, and they both have their, you know, their pros and cons, right? Like, end of the day, being on your back in Jiu-Jitsu is okay, right? It's actually you know, a very dominant position for someone, right? Right, that's what I heard. That's like, how is that? Why is that? Well, well, so the... Because the, the, you always think like, oh no, I'm on my back and now he's going to kill me. Yeah, well, the, well, the foundation of jiu-jitsu, like from the Gracie family, was started for like, hey, how do I fight a bigger opponent and defeat them? Assuming they're bigger than me, stronger than me, they're able to get me down to the ground, I'm in a bad position, like how do I fight off my back? So let's yeah. say like, you know, I'm just thinking as stereotypical as possible, I'm going against like a 210-pound guy who's six foot two and bigger than me, right? Uh, if I can't get six him, two, but <laughs> if I can't get him down to the ground, you know, naturally you'd think he he would probably get he would probably take me down or get right. me down. Uh, and I'm thinking like from a street fight perspective. So if I'm down on the ground, how from the bottom perspective am I going to deal with this guy? Right? So that's the self-defense aspect of jiu-jitsu started off that way. Defeating a bigger opponent, um, using your small size and technique. Um, against them right. to defeat them, right? So that's why being on your back is okay, right? And that's why it's great for beginners to learn that because in the beginning when you show up here and you're going against more advanced guys, you know, you're going to get beat up for a little bit, right? And I say beat up in a nice way. Obviously, we're not going to hurt anyone. We're going to take care of you. Um, but there's going to be times where, you know, you're finding yourself on your back most of the time because you don't know anything yet. So you have to right. learn how to fight off your back first and how to get out of these bad positions um, before you start, you know, taking it to the next level. Yeah, I mean, that's a great self-defense in general because you – those are the kind of fights that I've seen. It's it's never that, 
you know, like you see in the karate movies where everybody's like a, like a Jack Reacher kind of fight. You know, it's always the bigger guy is going to wrap his arms around you, take you to the ground, and just try to pummel you. Exactly. So yeah. once you're on your back, what this teaches you is that that's really an advantageous position. Yeah, or you can make it an advantageous position, yeah. right? End of the day, you being on top is great, too, but you want to know what to do from bottom, right? And hence why we're going back to the, the last thing, right? If you're, and I mean it's in no way, sh- like, shape or form in a negative way towards martial ar- other martial arts, but, you know, if you just know striking and then you get taken down, it's like, what do you do now? Yeah, right? yeah. You, like, you need to know what to do from the ground because all, if all you know is punches and kicks and then some guy's on top of you, it's like, not, now you can't do anything, right? Like, everything you know is, is gone. Yeah, so that's yeah. why you have to know what to do from the ground. So if someone wants to check out your your YouTube stuff, mm-hmm. uh, the merge, yeah, how do, how do they find that? Yeah, so just go to YouTube, type in the merge. Um, I mean, it should pop up right away, right? Um, or technically, if you go to like it's like YouTube slash C for channel, YouTube slash C the merge twenty twenty, that'll pop up with the channel. Okay. Um, Instagram, it's at the merge dot online, um, and then we and have, you have our a website for here. Uh, and then our website for the merge is just themergeonline.com. And those are all breakdowns, right? I mean, you can see footage of me competing. Um, you can see different articles. You can go to view episodes. And we have 70. Right now, we're releasing a new episode every Friday. We're on episode 78 is coming out tomorrow. Wow. Um, so you can see all the episodes for free. So YouTube, <clears throat> Instagram, our website. And then our website for our school, to check out our school, um, is trassojjw.com. So, so for jujitsu and wrestling. So trassojjw.com. And Trasso, T-R-A-S-S-O-J-J-W.com. Yep. Uh, so they can go on there. They can see the kind of classes you offer. Yeah, they can see programs, schedule, pricing, about me. I mean, everything. They can read. Everything's on the website. All right. Let me talk about age groups. Yep. So how, how young do you start? Do you start? I mean, you started when you were five and a half. Yep. But how young, how young do you start them here? Yeah, so we have two, we have two uh, kids groups here. We have um, six to nine. And then the second group is 10 to 13. Okay. And then 14 and up is just a teens and adult class rolled together. Okay. So, so. How, how is that? Like if you get, you get an old guy like me coming in with a 14-year-old, I mean, because you're really, you're teaching, it, it, you're teaching the same, it's the same, right? I mean, it's whether it's young or old, you're teaching the same Yeah, you're teaching the same thing. Techniques. With, yeah, and with kids, you know, I, I try and make it very, very simple and basic for kids. Um, end of the day, I'm someone that when I teach, let's just say for adults right now, um, you never want to show too much, right? Because it's like there's only so much someone can take in one class. If I show ten techniques or even five techniques, you know, there's just too much going on. It, it's it, you're you're a beginner still, and it, it, you're going to wind up losing things as you go on, sure. right? So I usually try and focus on you know getting a warm up in, teaching you know one technique, getting into a second one maybe, and then from there, right, we go into positional sparring. So let's say for example, I'm showing a technique um, from Spider Guard, right? Which I don't you don't know what that is right now, but I'm showing a technique from Spider Guard, maybe let's say a sweep, um, and then we'll show a pass from Spider Guard. And then we'll start in Spider Guard and say, all right, guys, your goal is to try and hit that sweep. The top guy's goal is to try and pass. And now you're going live with this guy. Okay. And you're actually trying to work uh, what you drilled today, right. which helps Techn- you yeah, yeah, retain yeah. it, right, and helps you learn it. Um, and then we'll go into some normal rolls where it's just starting from open, and you can just, you know, roll at that point and roll, grapple, right? Um, that's how a typical class looks. For kids, I try and keep it to one technique, sometimes two. Um, and we try and make it a little more fun. So there's more games involved in kids' classes. Oh, nice. And I try and even make the games more – I try and make the games geared towards our techniques, right? So, for example, like in our wrestling class yesterday, we kind of have the kids do sumo, right? We'll put, like, belts in a circle. Oh, is that right? And, yeah, oh, they're, they're working on trying to push each other out. And end of the day, that's teaching these, the kids how to have a, a good stance, 
lower center of gravity because yeah, yeah. you know if you have a lower center of gravity balance. it's hard to Good push balance. it's hard to push yeah. you compared to if you're standing up it teaches you to circle on the edge so you don't get pushed out and it teaches you just body coordination and balance right so we play multiple games like that one for example um and it's fun for the kids and it teaches them things right yeah, at the end yeah. of the day i could play games like tag and dodgeball but which are fun right and kids are gonna, <laughs> kids are going to giggle and laugh and love it but i try and i try and play games that are going to actually like integrate and are meaningful and educational for the sport. Right, and even though they don't realize that they're learning something, they're learning something. Exactly. If we did sumo every day for a year, like you're probably pretty darn good at moving someone and preventing from getting pushed out of bounds and circling eventually. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like you'll catch on. Can I play sumo if I come? You can play sumo. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've actually done it once with the adults, and they actually had a lot of fun. They're really? like, oh, yeah, man, it this sounds is like pretty fun. cool. Yeah. You don't have the big blow up suits though, right? No big blow up suits. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, so you teach. Gi style, and then you also teach the other style. Yeah, so I teach gi and no gi style. Yeah. Okay, that's what it's called, no gi. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, so if if people watching, people listening, if they're like, you know what, I'm not sure, I want to take my child down, or I myself want to mm -hmm. come down, and because there's there's also you know there is the fitness aspect of it, there is the balance aspect of it, you know, and as you get older, that's one of the things that you start losing is is your balance. I mean, you know, I look at my my father-in-law is 91 years old, and I feel like a stiff wind's going to blow him down, you know, because, you know, and he, he, as you get older, you start, you start losing that. And I feel like, you know, doing this even at an older age is, is good for you physically, mentally as well. But it's also good, like you said, center of gravity, confidence and, and control of your body. Mm -hmm. And even, I mean, weight loss and just health in general is great. And I'm, I, I swear I'm not saying it's biased because I love the sport, obviously, and I'm a teacher. Um, but this sport is just when you're when you're learning these techniques and you're trying to you're you know you're actually grappling and you're rolling and obviously the temperature's a little warmer in here just to make sure no one's getting injuries and we're sure. loose. Um, I mean, weight just flies off you, right? Um, when you get to a higher level and you actually know techniques and you can kind of just start rolling and, and going and going and going, um, you get more of a rhythm. Um, like back when my pro trainings, right, with these guys, I mean, we would do an hour of just straight rolling, right? And we'd lose six, seven pounds of water weight, right? And then really? let's say you're eating healthy after. I mean, the weight sheds off. I mean, some guys come in here. Back in, my, back in San Diego, some guy started at like 300 pounds. In a year, he was down to almost 210 or something really? like that. So, yeah, the weight, the weight flies off you. So, in regard, even besides like flexibility, balance, stuff like that, I mean, just getting in shape, getting a good sweat in, uh, getting, the, getting the heart too. rate it's going, cardio. cardio. I mean, it's all around just very healthy for you. See, this is like the before and after picture. This is before... <laughs> And this is after. That's what happens, right? Exactly. You start slimming down and getting in shape. Your heart beats faster. You feel good. Endorphins release. I mean, yeah, it's all healthy. All right. So, so if someone watching, they, they want to bring their children, their grandkids, they want to give them a gift, uh, they want to come down themselves. If they come in for the first time and they're like, you know, I'm not sure my son or my daughter, they're interested. Uh, is, is there like a, a trial program or is there you know, a way that they can check it out and test it out? Yeah, yeah. So if someone comes here and they want to try a class, um, first off, you don't have any gear. Uh, you can rent some from us, and then um, if they want to try a class, everyone gets one free trial class, so you can check out a class, see if you like it. Um, parents can stay. We have a, an area here they can just hang out. Um, yeah, and they can try a class for free, um, and then after that, you know, we can talk about what they want to do. Our memberships are very flexible in regards to, you know, we have the long-term commitment ones if folks want to save some money by going longer term, um, and then we have more short-term non-commitment options, which are, like, which are more month-to-month, -month, and even a 10-class pack which doesn't expire. It's 10 classes. Um, whenever you want to take Lump some up front. And nice. yeah, you can just come whenever you want, right? So some, especially with kids, right? Some some parents are like, hey, my kid plays hockey, football, baseball, right, basketball, right. He plays everything. You can't commit to a steady schedule. So we can come maybe once a week 
And then it's like, hey, just take, just grab a 10-pack then. Because at the end of the day, if you're going to, you know, get a, a monthly membership and you come three times during the month, you're probably going to feel like you got ripped off. You yeah, know, yeah, so it's yeah, like yeah. buy a 10-pack whenever you want. And, and I love what you said about, uh, you know, if the parent comes in or, or an adult comes in, asking them, what's your goal? Like, what, what do you want to achieve? Do exactly. you want to just get in shape? Do you want to compete? Do you want to, you know, and having that kind of conversation. So, you know, I encourage you guys, you know, come down, talk to Michael. Uh, and, 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 you know, talk to them and, and, and talk about, you know, what you want to do, what you want to achieve and, or what your child wants to achieve. And he's willing to give you a free class. I mean, come on in and at least check it out and try it out. Uh, because like you said, you know, you don't know if this is your thing unless you try it. Gotta try it. Yeah. You don't know until you try. Right. And look at, I mean, look at, look at this guy. Right, he's a, he, he's the poster child for jujitsu. Uh, you know, Mike, thanks so much. I'm really I'm really glad to see you open up here in Glenrock. Yeah, Was you. there something that that about Glenrock that that made you come here? Uh, I mean, first off, beautiful town, right? I mean, beautiful town. Uh, end of the day, I always wanted to be more in the northern Bergen County area. And when I was looking for schools, um, I was checking out, you know, Paramus, River Edge, Oradell, these surrounding areas. And, uh, you know, the agent wanted to call me, said, hey, come check out this place in Glenrock. And I didn't really even think of Glenrock. But, um, now nah, it just, it just kind of clicked, right? Yeah. I saw the building. I saw the potential it had. It looked way different than this. I mean, I basically flipped this entire building or this oh, entire yeah. space. I oh, know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was very different. Um, but I just saw the potential, right? I mean, great parking, great community. You got the, you got the train right there. People can take trains yeah. from all over. I mean, some of my friends that come to train, they, they – they take the New Jersey Transit in from Hoboken oh, really? uh, and Jersey City. So, I mean, literally, anyone that's watching this, right, New Jersey Transit is a one-minute walk away from my gym. So um, everything just kind of matched up here. It was it – was, it, was, it, it worked out. It was perfect. So well, I just saw the potential. And we were walking by yesterday, and, you know, once, once the school lets out, there's so many kids that, that come by. And, and I, you know, you had a lot of kids here, and I saw a lot of bikes out front. Yeah. It's, such a, it's such a great – Walking town, biking town, and you being right in the center of town is just a great opportunity for the kids to come train. Yeah, and that's what I liked about Glenrock as well. Like I, I, I did my homework in regards to like uh, researching uh, statistics on certain towns, and uh, big family town, right? Big family town. I think it was like two or three kids per per household I yeah, saw. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's the environment I kind of wanted. So yeah, it's perfect. Look, this is your dream. Yeah, this is my dream, and I'm I living it. That. So I love that. I love when when you can realize. When, you, when you, you talk to people that realize their dream from an early, early age. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, guys, I, I encourage you to go on TrassoJJW.com. Yeah. Uh, check out the Merge on YouTube and, and see some of his techniques, see some of the things that... And even if you're, you know, a, a wrestler and you're looking for tips, and I mean, it's great that you're having those online classes. Yeah, yeah. I, I keep it coming, and um, yeah, everyone, everyone likes them. At the end of the day, I try and break things down very quickly, not too long-winded and very efficiently, and... Um, yeah, you can you can start getting some ideas of how I teach and who I am online. And then if you're local, come down and try a class. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. I encourage you. Make sure you talk to Michael. Make sure you come down and try that free class. What, what do you got to lose, right? Exactly. Michael, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, guys. Be well, everybody.